Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back. Welcome back to an athlete's journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed, and today I got a special guest. Somebody I recently met, but somebody I really connected with is a good, good person. Uh, really has a great, you know, great story to tell. Wanted to get everybody on here to like listen to his, his journey. Um, it's something of like triumph and something of just like perseverance. I, you know, I, I was just talking to him off off air and just told him like I feel like baseball is like the hardest grind to get to the professional leagues. Once you get there, you're in. But like, you know, double A, triple A, single A, where, you know, uh, where basketball is either NBA or G League and that's it. <laughs> and football is kind of NFL and that's it. So, like I said, I, I give him so much props and so many, you know, just kudos of what he's overcame, you know, over the course of his career, 15 years. And uh, we're going to get into his 15-year career professional, but we're going to start back how he started. But uh, just introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, absolutely, Travis, man. Thank you for having me on. It is an honor. And like you said, I just feel like connected with you so deeply in just a, a short period of time. And so I think part of that is just our our uh, shared experiences of being professional athletes and then having that identity taken away and mm-hmm. not knowing who we are, man. So, um, yeah, but for me, like I said, I'm just a, a guy grew up in Southern California, had a big dream of being a big league baseball player. And I loved hoops. But uh, when I got into high school, it was like, oh, I was all right, but it looked like I was going to make this a career baseball is the way to go so I uh yeah I, got, I was fortunate enough to get drafted out of high school and like I said I'm sure we'll get into the whole story but uh just kind of in general yeah I grew up in Southern California and um got drafted by the Minnesota Twins out of high school and then started that whole journey from there and there's just all kinds of peaks and valleys to to cover no no problem no problem we're gonna get right into it how did your baseball journey start yeah, so when I was really, really young, man, about seven years old, my dad coached a team, and uh, I was too young to play on the team, so he said, if I coach, can he play, and and I did, and I, I guess I kept up okay, and so that my love kind of began there, just following my dad to the field, and, um, you know, the Little League fields where I grew up in Michigan Viejo is called North Michigan Little League, and man, it was, that was our life. We were there all day on Saturday, every weeknight, because my dad was on the board, my mom ran the snack bar, you know, whatever it was, our family was very involved, so I had great baseball memories on the field, but I also have great memories of just the family and the, not just my family, but the Little League family, the baseball family. We talk about that, you know, professional sports in general, you're, you're a family, you know, once you've kind of gone down that road. And that's that really started early for me in Little League. I just felt like our whole North Michigan Little League was truly family. And so I did that all the way up until high school. And, um, and, and yeah, that's just basically it, man. That love was sparked pretty early and fortunate enough to have my dad kind of alongside with me and, and pulled me into it and just uh, when he found out I had a love for it and uh, he just poured into that. No, no, it makes sense. It's always funny. Like our dads uh, kind of give us that first love of how to, this is what it is. The same with my dad. He was my coach all the way up till I was about 12 years old. So yeah. Awesome. And when he had to let me go, he was just like, uh, he hated every coach after me, after himself, but he was like, you don't know how to use my son. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Were you interested in any other sports? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I played football 
And honestly, man, I'm not joking. Basketball was a huge love for me. Um, I grew really fast. Like in seventh grade, I'm a growth spurt. So I was about six, three and um, I could shoot a little bit. And I actually hit nine threes in a game in high school. And I was like, oh. you know, I got some height. I can shoot. <laughs> and I uh, wasn't very quick. And just, you know, to be a guard at the next level, six, three, you got to be moving, man. So mm-hmm. I did. I, I really did. My freshman year of high school, I quit baseball to focus on basketball. And then um, had a little league coach kind of have a heart to heart with me, just mm-hmm. kind of said, Hey, you know, you're a good basketball player. Um, your skills in baseball are a little different. Um, there's a lot of guys that can't do that, that you're competing against on the court. And, and so it just kind of resonated with me of like, okay, I want to be a professional athlete. Um, I want to take the best route for that. Mm-hmm. And in high school, about sophomore year, it became obvious that that was baseball still played basketball throughout high school, loved it. Great memories. But that's when I really started putting my hyper focus on baseball as a career. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, in ba- in basketball, growing up, we you know we call it, we have something called AAU, where it's mm-hmm. yeah. you know we play against teams from all over. You know, in baseball, I, I, obviously everybody knows the Little League World Series, but you obviously you played on the club team growing up. How was that? Yeah, so I did, but it was not as prevalent when I was growing up as it is now. And that's like my full-time job now. I run a nonprofit youth and high school baseball program. I mean, it's nonstop, man. We're traveling. We're, there's tons of stuff going on. But when I grew up, it really wasn't like that. So I never really left North Michigan Little League um, until probably about 14 years old, mm-hmm. unless it was like All-Stars in the summer, maybe a little uh, district tournament. When I was 11, we lost in the, I want to say it was the districts to go to uh, Williamsport for the Little League World Series. So that was neat, but that's all I knew was Little League Baseball. And then in high school, there started being a few club teams that would, you know, pick up guys from different areas and go compete in some tournaments. So I did a little bit of that. It just wasn't quite as prevalent now. I mean, now, I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, where we are here in Texas, if you're not on a club team, you're just way behind. And and I'm not saying that's right, right or wrong or indifferent. It's just the way it is now. And so it just wasn't that way. It was more you could still go play Little League, have fun, go do other things, have your folks coaching you. But, um, yeah, it's changed a little bit since I was growing up. Mm, okay, okay. I always wondered how, like, the baseball Little League thing go because it seems like it's so humongous now uh, yeah. compared to I don't know how it was back then. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so. grown quite a bit. It really has. Just in, like, the last 15 years even, I would say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's interesting. That's that. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> ESPN thirty for thirty. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you you go. know. Um, how did you pick your high school? You know, did your best high school to kind of fit your skill? Yeah. So we didn't have a choice back then. <laughs> we, where you lived was that's where you went, man. And so okay. Okay. I went to a high school called Capistrano Valley mm-hmm. in, um, in um, you know Southern California, Mission Viejo. And I drove by about three high schools on my way to my high school. Just so weird. The way it was zoned was crazy. Uh, there were three high schools closer to me. And but Capstone Valley, that's that's where we were zoned. So you didn't really have a choice. You just you went. Now, I will say we had a really good, solid baseball program, uh, really sports in general. Football, basketball was pretty good there. And so even just that area in general, the Orange County area was very competitive. And I think, you know, a little bit about it as well, um, which was helpful. Right. Because mm-hmm. once you Go off to pro ball you've you've seen some of that it's still a culture shock without a doubt um but you know i i, I ended up having teammates my first year in pro ball that were like the only dude drafted in their county ever you know or something like that and i we had three kids drafted off my high school team when i was a senior so oh, wow. um yeah man it was a very very much a baseball hotbed 
Okay. Um, so again, didn't get to choose it, but very fortunate and blessed to be in a really good high school. Hmm. Actually, that's that's a that's a hell of a thing. The fact that you had three people get drafted off your own team, you know, yeah. that's insane. You know, yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like I haven't seen that. Like in high school for for basketball is a little different. Like you know, like with the uh, with scholarships and things like that. You know, some of the big schools they have that, like prep schools, but like. Just regular regular high schools, they don't really have like just like three, four, five, six, seven guys going, you know, kind of right. like, like you guys went yeah. pro, three guys out of high school. That's insane. Yeah, that was neat, man. No. So what would you say your most memorable moment was in high school? In high school? Um, <laughs> man, that's a good question. Are we talking baseball or just in high school? <laughs> <laughs> we can talk baseball, but, but just, you yeah. know, it's, it's up yeah. to you. No, man. You know, a lot of things pop out, honestly. Um, I'll be honest with you, brother. I think you agree with this. And you hear this from athletes. Like, I could think of a couple big games I had. I'll be honest, the basketball memory I shared with you about three points. <laughs> that, that might have been the number one. Yeah, that yeah. might be it. Or the first time I threw down in a game. Like, okay. seriously, that was it, man. Like, that was People ask me all the time, like, what was the biggest home run or strikeout? I'm like, man, it was dunking a basketball or hitting those <laughs> But it really is – those teammates man like i'm still in, t- in contact with a lot of my old teammates and i just i just have such fond memories of like the bus rides um hanging out with your buddies after the games you know and i always encourage guys like coach now it's like yes we want to be great on the field and it matters man we want to win and push but what you're going to remember you know 30 40 years from now 25 years from now is your teammates the camaraderie uh the locker room the bus rides uh those are the things that really do jump out at me mm. Mm, yeah mm-hmm. this is like the camaraderie of everything that you know absolutely mm-hmm. uh, and I, if i run into an old teammate from high school this day that's what we'll talk about like some funny story we did on the bar you know whatever the case may be or it's usually not the result or the game we won or didn't win it's just uh it's just those memories we created together kind of bonding and, and fighting for one goal okay now yeah. how did you know like in high school that you were going to go pro out of high school? Did you want to go to college or did you have opportunity to go? You was like, no, I'm, I'm going straight pro out of high school. Wasn't the smartest dude, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, um, I knew if, um, so I'll back up a little bit. I, I was talking to a couple, you know, bigger colleges. I, I hate to say my dream was USC. I know you're a Bruin. Uh, but I know. No, no, I know. it's okay. I won't hold it against you. It's all good. <laughs> so I was getting some love from them in Long Beach State. and I. But really when it came down to, if I didn't get drafted, I probably would have went to junior college because I didn't handle my business in the classroom in high school. And so that probably would have been the route I went. So I had written a note to my parents. I believe it was right after they said I needed to get on my homework. And I said, I, Brandon Puffer, will become a professional baseball player, barring injury, mark my words. And I signed it and gave it to them. Uh, I think it was like freshman year of high school, something like that. Now, okay. Okay. of course, I'm not advising kids to not do your homework and all that. <laughs> that was my mindset at the time, man. I was hyper-focused on that. I said, I'm going to do it. And um, I got drafted my senior year, um, not very high, 27th round. Didn't get offered a big bonus or anything like that. It probably would have been, you know, uh, a smarter thing to go get an education and, and get started later. But I just knew if I had that opportunity, I was going to take it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, pretty early on, once scouts started coming around and it sounded like maybe I'll have an opportunity, I, I decided right then with my family, I said, if, if I get any kind of opportunity to go play, I'm going to do it out of high school. So, and again, I, I'm being serious. I was joking about being serious. I didn't handle my business in the classroom. And so I didn't set myself up well 
to, you know, go to college and get a good education and do all those things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you get drafted in the 27th round. What was the first year like of playing professional compared to the high school level? Oh man, such a, such a shock uh, all the way around on the field. Absolutely. Like I showed up, uh, California, you probably know this graduates a little later than the rest of the country. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I literally graduated and left the next day from California to Florida. Our rookie ball season already started. They're already a couple games in. And so I showed up at the field and just watched the first game. And I, man, I saw the level of play. I saw just the physicality of the guys. It's like, I was the big guy. I was the big man on campus. And now it's like, well, so are all these guys. And not just in this country, but the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, mm. or, you know, whatever. So right away, it was like, okay, you, you've got to really, you know, get focused on this thing. But not only that, and probably more importantly, was the culture shock of, I was just under my parents' roof last week in California with rules <laughs> and boundaries and all these things that uh -huh, I needed. Uh -huh. Now I'm in Florida. I'm a professional baseball player. Nobody knows the difference between playing in the minors and being broke and not. So you have some opportunities out there. And I just mentally, emotionally was nowhere near ready for that. So pretty big shock um, both ways on the field, as well as, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be a young man handling my own business now and uh, just wasn't ready for it. No, no. Yeah. It's, I felt like that way freshman year in college too. I just wasn't ready for the year. So yeah. my, I remember we had to go to summer school when I got like two D pluses and yeah. I had to like, uh, you know, the first year I had to re kind of do the same courses over again. And I was yeah. like, man, I, yeah. cause I was, you know, like you're out of your parents' roof and right. Oh, I get to spend a night with a girl. All right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I needed that structure, man. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you went to single A your first, or did you go straight to double A or triple A your first? No, I went I went straight to single A, which was actually even called rookie ball. So there's okay. even like a few levels within single A, um, honestly. And so it's rookie ball, short season, and then long season single <clears throat> A. So went to rookie ball. It's kind of the lowest lowest end of the totem pole for sure. Um, uh, again, another thing about that was we played noon games. We were kind of on the backfields of the spring training complex. So you're thinking, I'm going in, there's going to be night games, big you know, crowd and all that stuff. And it's like, no, nah, nobody, unless there was a parent in town or a girlfriend or whatever. Um, it was just not what you picture professional <laughs> baseball to be. And so you had to find other ways to, to be motivated to climb that ladder and get to where you could play in front of people and under the lights and all that good stuff. Okay. So how long was your first rookie? You stand at the rookie ball single leg. Um, so it was probably about two and a half months. Okay. Uh, I graduated high school about mid-June, went over, played July and August, came home. Um, and then I would go back for my first full like spring training. The whole thing, I would go to uh, spring training in the same town, Fort Myers, mm. Florida. And I would actually repeat rookie ball. So this time I was in Fort Myers, Florida, same hotel room, same area where I was a knucklehead the summer before for six straight <laughs> months. Man, from spring training to extended spring training to rookie ball. So I did rookie ball twice. And um, and then I actually got released by the Twins after that season. And ha that was my first kind of lesson in, okay, how bad do you want this? Like at the first sign of adversity or somebody telling you you're not good enough, basically getting released, you got fired, right? And it's mm -hmm. like, well, uh, what does this mean? And so I reached out to a few scouts in the area who had scouted me, and they said, well, it doesn't it just means that team's done with you for now. It doesn't mean you're done. And I didn't know that. I know you probably you bounced around too. You learned all this, but it's like, okay. So a really good lesson in perseverance was I got a list of um, minor league director's phone numbers. Um, and it was like literally like a phone book at that time. And I just started dialing. Hey, this is my name. This is where I'm at. I'll come throw a bullpen for you. 
just looking for an opportunity and all those good things. So it was a good lesson in, um, okay, you're not done yet until every team says you're done. And so I ended up playing <laughs> 12 organizations. So I almost literally went to all of them, but it was like, okay, the angels took a chance on me. And so that was my next stop. And I would start moving up through their system. And then this would kind of be a trend every couple of years, uh, actually a blessing in the guys getting released because the minor league money is not good. They actually just made some improvements like a couple of days ago. Okay. So uh, they own you for about six years and you're getting the league minimum, which is about at that time in rookie ball is about 800 a month. And uh, mm. by the time you have your living and your, you know, expenses taken out and all that, you're just not making anything. And so once I got released, I was able to kind of negotiate with teams you know, of course, you have to have a good season and there has to be some demand there. But it was really a blessing in disguise because I started doing OK and I was a free agent every year and I could actually negotiate a little better pay. Not great, but better than you would make in the minor leagues. So that was kind of every year from then on. My whole career was just a one year deal. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. 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 That's crazy. That That is a crazy kind of season. I don't think a lot of people know that. They be thinking baseball. They see everybody getting these 12, 13 year deals. I'm like, that's oh. not it's only like. The bare minimum, and not even that, like the small few. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's what you live for is that one, you know, even a two-year contract, three, where you can set down some roots and get a place. And like, man, no, not at all. I I, uh, I was on a one-year deal my entire 15-year career, and it was literally like, we could move you up or down tonight. We could release you tonight. We could trade you tonight, whatever the case may be. So there's just never a lot of stability. And then, you know, as you get into having a family and some kids and stuff, it's pretty tough in that regard. And I'm not saying that to have anyone, you know, feel bad for me because it was a dream come true to be able to do it. But yeah, there's some little, uh, little details in there in the grind that not everybody probably realizes unless they've been through it. Okay. Now my question for you is that you obviously play rookie ball now with the, with the angels. And is that where you start, you know, double a and then triple a and then get to the professional ranks? Not not yet, man. Not yet. So (laughs) angels, Gave me a couple years, and then the Cincinnati Reds, um, I made it to double-A with them after about five years now, my third organization. Mm-hmm. And then what really changed for me, Travis, was was two things. One, when I was with the Reds, I changed my arm angle, right? you got to make adjustments. If the shot's not right or whatever the case may be, I was a pretty just average, over-the-top, right-handed pitcher like everybody else you see. And I, a coach I had at the time dropped me down to a sidearm angle for some more perception, uh, a little bit of more movement. And so I was, I became a lot more effective on the field. And then around that same time, that next off season is when faith became really important in my life. Mm-hmm. I became a Christian. I, I got sober for the first time in my life. I wish it was the last time, but for the first time in my life, and <laughs> I had five years of sobriety. So I was new arm angle. I was getting rest. I was taking care of myself. I was prepared. I was working hard things I wasn't doing those previous four or five years. I was staying out all night. I was dragging at the field and not really like uh, taking advantage of the gift I'd been given, honestly. And so right around that time, Travis, is when my career really started ticking up is when uh, God God was in my life. Um, I was taking care of myself. And then I went from the Reds to the Houston Astros in 1999, mm-hmm. started climbing in their system, got to AAA in 2002, and then the first month in AAA, uh, April 17th, I believe, the Astros gave me my first call-up. So the Houston Astros are the first team I, I got called up to the big leagues with. Just an awesome memory. I would end up getting some time with a few other teams, but that was the first one. 
That was the first one. Yeah. Everybody obviously remembers the first time. Oh yeah. How was how was that call when you got uh, that call up? Like you going to the big leagues? Ooh man, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> we're at, we're at home, uh, New Orleans Zephyrs. I was in the clubhouse. Came in after a AAA game. Manager called me in the office and just said, "Hey, they need bullpen help in the big leagues, and you're meeting the team in Cincinnati. They were on the road in Cincinnati." Your flight leaves in the morning, and it was like, hey, get all your stuff together, say bye to your buddies, your teammates, make all those phone calls you've been dreaming about making your whole life. And then it was just a whirlwind from there, man. I didn't sleep for about a week. It was like, catch the flight, get to Cincinnati, get your stuff, you know, kind of settle in. And then now at some point, it's time to work. You got to go earn your keep. And so um, it was great, man. It really was awesome. And, and I always tell people, I'm like, I thought it was going to offer more. You know, that was my dream. And I kind of, I, I always use the term, like, I thought, if I had one day in the big leagues, my life would be complete. Right, I just realized, right. man, that's that's not true. You know, the, the peace and joy I'm really searching for is not coming from this. But in terms of achieving a, a lifelong goal and, you know, family and friends being proud of you, it was, it was really neat. It was a really cool thing. Okay. So what would you say was your best year uh, in the big leagues, you know? Yeah, it was that first year. Um, okay. Yeah, the first year, I was only supposed to be there for seven days. And um, a few things aligned with, you know, either someone not healing as fast as they thought they would or whatever the case may be. And I ended up kind of just dodging bullets all year. And I stayed about the whole year from April on. And, you know, I was just a marginal middle reliever. You know, I was like, you had a, just a decent, you know, never a standout guy in the big leagues. I was always kind of a closer in AAA and had some pretty, like, good statistical seasons but yeah that first year in the big leagues i just had what would be like an average middle reliever decent year and then um every year after that things would decline a little bit i'd go to the astros the next season did okay but a little more up and down to triple a and then at that point in my life off the field so that was oh two oh three i was yeah i got the bulk of the year in the big leagues oh four i was now with the san diego padres in the big leagues and that was the first time i had like some real adversity in my personal life Mm -hmm. And where my faith really got tested and I didn't handle it well. And I, I let, I let alcohol back in my life and some of my old habits of going out on the road and womanizing and all those things. And, and just like I said, where my career started going up, same thing here is it immediately started going down at that point. So I would hang on Oh four with the Padres and Red Sox uh, back and forth, triple in the big leagues. Oh five, mm -hmm. the San Francisco giants back and forth, triple in the big leagues, but mostly triple a, you know, just kind of got less and less. And then in 06, I signed back with Houston, went to Round Rock AAA, never made it back to the big leagues after that. I ended up taking a job with the Rangers my last two seasons in AA as like a, uh, for those who, who are listening, who know the movie Bull Durham, I was like Crash Davis, like the old guy. I was in my early 30s, had a little big league time, went down to kind of mentor those young bucks who were coming up, up and coming prospects. And so mm -hmm. loved it, man. Loved that role was kind of like almost like a player coach and uh it just it allowed me to pitch for a couple more years and kind of like uh enter into that mentor role okay yeah i remember bull durham with uh, yeah. kevin, kevin yeah. costner right yeah, right yeah 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 right. yeah great yeah, yeah, i remember that yeah yeah great movie yeah. that was a great one <laughs> Absolutely. but no like obviously you know going up and down and moving all around these places and obviously having a family how did that, how did doing all that stuff affect your family? Did they stay uh, in certain places or did they come with you everywhere? How did that work? Yeah, man, it was, um, it was mixed. So once the kids were in school, obviously mm -hmm. they'd have to hang tight. Uh, 
by this time, I'd say in 2001, we moved to Round Rock, Texas, out of Southern California, um, just more affordable, um, more centrally located, all those things. And so my kiddos kind of, we laid roots here in uh, Austin, Texas, and they would, you know, wait until school was over in the summertime, they'd come spend the summer with me. And it was, it was great. A lot of good memories at the ballpark and all those things. But yeah, it's tough because, you know, at any given time, this happens several times, you know, even if you're just getting called to the big leagues, it's like, that's a great call. Um, it's worse when it's like, hey, they're sending you down or, hey, you're traded, which also happened. But literally, man, it's like you've got tomorrow morning, your flight leaves at like 7 a.m. and it's 11 p.m. You just finished the game. So you basically pack a bag and go and your wife and kids and family are left to like get the apartment together and meet you wherever you are. Right. And then mm -hmm. you might be there for a month and they send you back and, you know, whatever. So it is definitely a journey. Um, I don't think the families get enough credit um, for kind of enduring that whole thing with us. So you can chase your dream, you know? Yeah, great. Um, yeah. Very, very tough, very hard lifestyle and families. Okay. Okay. So after 15 years of, of, of playing, you know, professionally, uh, what would you say your, is your greatest triumph and then your greatest failure in the big leagues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My greatest triumph, I would say it was my first big league win. I still have the memorabilia from it. I um, got called in early to a game. I was with the Astros. We played the Texas Rangers. And at that time, the Rangers lineup was stacked. They had A-Rod and Palmero and Pudge Rodriguez and Juan Gonzalez and Michael Young. I mean, it was just stacked. And um, we were down four or five runs. That was usually my role in the big leagues. Like, hey, come on in, get us a couple innings. And I, I just kind of kept us in the game for about five innings. And the team chipped away and came back. And we ended up getting the win, man. So that, that was probably my biggest triumph. I got a few wins, not many, um, literally a few, I think. But that one was really special. And then, you know, my biggest downfall was probably the years where I just I wasn't taking care of myself. I had this great opportunity I'm in the big leagues. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. facing the best in the world. I'm playing right alongside with the best in the world. And I just was emotionally um, just not strong enough to fight off those demons I fought all the time off the field, man. So I just so, you know, not don't even regret, but so like, man, have I, had I just taken care of myself and respected the position I was in, which, as you know, we can go as deep into as you want to, is ultimately how my career ended. And mm -hmm. then I faced consequences for decisions I made off the field that would not only in my career that changed my life at first, you know, in a very negative way, ended up being just a huge positive, um, you know, that adversity turned into something good, but mm -hmm. yeah, man, those were the things that ultimately caught up with me. And I would say were by far my biggest downfall. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, after obviously 15 years, when did you know it was time to hang it up? When I got arrested, and I ended up in jail and I didn't have a choice, man. I had no choice. Uh, I don't have that story of my career ended on my terms because of my decisions, right? I went yeah. out celebrating a championship in 2008, which ended up being my last season. Mm -hmm. And I, I ended up in a blackout committing a crime. And, and I woke up in jail the next day. I got bailed out. I played two more games. The season ended. We, had, we were in a championship series. Played two more games. Thought I was just to sweep it under the rugs. One of these bonehead decisions you make out with the guys. Um, but it wasn't, man. I, it got picked up. The charges got picked up by um, the district attorney. And I ended up, uh, you know, having a five-year sentence in prison. And so it just wasn't, I didn't have a choice, right? It was like some teams were calling. I was out on bail for about nine months. And um, teams were calling, hey, what are your plans? I said, guys, I can't even think about baseball. I don't know where my life's headed right now. And so I just took odd jobs until I figured out what it was going to be. And then ultimately, I'd have to go serve that time and figure out 
you know, what my life was going to look like, not only without baseball, but really without anything. I was going to start all over and I was going to try to figure out during that time, you know, what, what led to these decisions? You know, it was just one bad night, one bad choice, but it was obviously a culmination of bad choices, bad decisions, compromises on my beliefs. Right. And so that was just a real time of self-reflection. And by the grace of God, man, redemption is that, you know, once I got out, you know, I, you know, humility was more a part of my life. I was a little more broken and contrite and, and, and all those things. And so God just kind of lifted me up, man, started a few humble jobs and he kind of brought baseball back into my life in a coaching, um, you know, manner. And, and I just, uh, it took, started from a couple lessons to this program I have now that's grown to about, you know, 30 teams, 300 families. And now I get to use not just my baseball stories, but my stories of adversity and struggles and alcoholism and addictions and all these things to help young men or women go, Hey, if you've already made some bad choices, there is life after that. You don't have to live in guilt and shame your whole life. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't, you learn from my lessons. You don't have to go down this path. And so I had people that tried to speak into my life that way. My dad being one of them, he was a recovering mm-hmm. alcoholic. And I chose to learn the hard way on my own. And so uh, I've written about and I talk about and I'm open about all those things so others can go, wait, I don't, I don't really probably need to go down that path. Um, or I've already kind of gotten deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I, how do I build a life after this? And so fortunately, man, God used all that, uh, to this day to be, to be a part of my story. And what a great one it is. I tell you that that's is, uh, yeah. wow. What would you say your biggest lessons you learned from like your, you know, your career, you know, in, in, in whole? Yeah, I would say, um, the two words that jump out to me are persistence mm-hmm. and consistency right mm-hmm. so you asked me about what it was like when I first showed up at rookie ball as this high school punk out of California <laughs> and it was like it was humbling but I realized everybody's really really good so what's going to separate me from these guys and this would take a while to figure out but ultimately what it was is like I just refused I'm not going to quit I refuse like you can send me down send me out we can go on a 12-hour bus ride I can give up nine earned runs or I can go throw 20 shutout innings, whatever the case, good, bad, whatever. I'm just not quitting. And so ultimately I think, and you might've seen this in basketball, it's kind of a war of attrition, man. A lot of guys give up before they they have their opportunity. So I was like, until I've exhausted every single option possible and every single team has said, look, you're just not going to be a big leader. (laughs) I'm not quitting. And so fortunately, man, I stuck around. It took about eight years of minor league time, one stop in independent league which is kind of similar to going overseas, right? And then mm. ultimately I ended up getting an opportunity. And I think there were plenty of times where I, I, I was frustrated enough where I could have been like, you know what, this isn't going to happen. Forget it. Let's get on with life, right? And I had a, a good support system and enough um, maybe mental fortitude to go, nope, not doing it. And I go back to, uh, you know, what I told you about why I didn't go to college. What else could I do? <laughs> this is all I know how to do, man. So I, uh, I just kind of Thank God, man, I stuck with it. But it, it was just being, it was just persevering and then being consistent. I think a lot of guys put in a lot of work for a little bit of time going, if this doesn't work out, I'm done. It's like, no, you got to keep doing it for, for as long as you have this opportunity to be consistent. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So, so like after you obviously retired, I mean, in your situation, you know, yeah. the situation happened. Yeah. How do you move forward from, you know, being the athlete that you were since you were a kid? Yeah, that's the hard part. And I know we we shared off air um, that we've both had those struggles because that's your whole identity. Man. Like, yeah, yeah. Not only, hey, wh- what are you doing? 
if you were to ask Brandon Puppet back then, you know, well, hey, what's going on? Well, I'm playing for this team and I'm doing this. And if you ask my parents, how's Brandon? Well, he's here and he's playing. Everything's surrounded. Same with you. Like, how's Travis? Oh, he's he's hooping over here. He's now over here, whatever. And it's like all of a sudden, and, and, and a lot of that's based on performance, you know, hey, I'm doing good or whatever. And so now, and I always tell guys, it's like baseball is something you do, but it's not who you are. That's easier said than done because that's yeah. stripped away. And fortunately for me, I get to I get to pour back in coaching now. But if, if that wasn't the case, the adjustment becomes, okay, who are you without baseball? Mm-hmm. Who are you as a father? Who are you as a son? Who are you as a brother? Right? Like, who are you in your in your jobs that you take after athletics? Mm-hmm. Fortunately for us, all, all the good habits we, we, we took from athletics help us in our next careers, help us to become fathers and, and those types of things. But at the end of the day, when you're not getting that that hit of going out and, you know, taking someone to the rack or going out and having that one-on-one off the mound with the hitter, man, I, I miss that, right? So we go search mm-hmm. for that in other places. So for me, <laughs> yeah. if I don't put my faith first, and I always have to remind myself every day, I, I always talk about this God-shaped hole in me that, man, you know, if I don't keep that right and fill it with a lot of good things, then there's a lot of other things that I'm going to want to put fill it with. And you know what? Competing, being a baseball player, having a big league career didn't give me that peace and comfort that I thought it would have. It, it, it gave me some happiness at times. But when you when something makes you happy and it's taken away, where's your happiness, right? So now drawing peace and comfort from the only thing that can really give it to me, and that's just my faith and walking that out. I mean, every day is perfect. Surely it's not. But at least I know at the end of the day where my faith lies. And I really had to walk out for me that happened in a prison cell for all those years of having all those distractions and everything taken away from me. And I don't, mm. I hope that didn't have to happen to anybody else, but that's what it took for me going, okay, I'm sitting in the cell and all I have is my Bible and my prayers and that's it. And so at the end of the day, until I realized that God was all I had, I didn't realize mm. that he was all I needed. And then I did in that time. And so now all the distractions are back, you know, I'm busy and things are happening and it's great. And so now the reminder is, remember when you were in there and that's all you had, it's all you needed, right? So you just got to kind of continuously every day make sure there's some humility. Make sure that you're on the right track. Because as soon as I start thinking it's about me and I got this thing going on, and man, Travis Reed's having me on the show. I'm big time. That's <laughs> that's when my thoughts go back to that old guy with all those terrible habits, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's a heck of a story, man. Like I said, bro. Bro, I appreciate you so much for coming on, B, man. Yeah. It means so much to me. You know, like I said, when I heard your story through our our group, man, it was like, man, I got to get him on the show, you know, because his so journey is too good not to pass up, you know. Um, you got one more question for you, and then we'll be finished. Uh, yeah. The question is that, you know, at one point of our careers uh, or life, we always go through, like, a low point. Um how did you get through your low point and what did you do to get through it? You know, was it God, was it faith, was it family, was it all those things in one? Uh, how did you get through it? Yeah, it was certainly all those in one. I would, I got to put faith number one though, because when I was, again, my story is not like a lot of people, not, not everybody has that story of being alone in a cell and, you know, serving those kind of consequences, excuse me. Um, so it first started with really doing business with God. And I grew up in a family of faith. My mom's a pastor. So it wasn't like oh. it hadn't been, yeah, it wasn't like it hadn't been taught to me. But now it's like my own personal journey. I, I've got to get right. And then from mm-hmm. there, um, I, I am fortunate to have a really good family. Um, had some friends that stepped up through that 
that really hard time in my life that were supportive. And so, yeah, I would say faith first and then a really good support system that I leaned into. Whereas again, during my career is all about me, all about Brandon, right? I'm not really even appreciative of this great support system and all these people that are making this happen. Um, so once, you know, humility again and realizing, hey, this isn't all about me um, happened is when I was able to like actually look up and go, okay, God, A, I surrender to you and B, I, I, I need to be more aware of these wonderful people that have been there for me all this time. Okay. That's yeah. Exactly. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, uh, please let the people know where they can find you as far as like if they want to play, you know, have any kids play baseball or where they can find you on social media and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. So um, my book is out um, from the bullpen to the state pen. Just look that up on Amazon. And then if you just go to um, coachpuffpositive.com, it kind of leads you to Twitter, you know, whatever else. Uh, even our, our baseball program is called GPS Legends Baseball here in Texas. But um, all that is on coachpuffpositive.com. And then again, uh, from the bullpen to the state pen is the book, and that's on Amazon. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check it out, folks. You should, too. <laughs> Come on. I love all it. Right. Um, you can follow me at Travis W. Reed, uh, R-E-E-D, Travis W. on Instagram. And Travis W. Reed on Facebook. I post all my social media sites uh, on both of those. If you're looking for, like, I have my link tree on my Instagram page. So, you know, if you're looking for individual different uh, episodes or anything, like for any of my shows, I put them all up there as well. Um, I, today, if obviously, I, one of the first days I'm not wearing my merch. But if you're still looking for my Travis Reed Athlete's Journey merch, Please DM me uh, or message me, uh, you know, DM me through Instagram, message me through Facebook. So, yeah, like I said, we're going to keep growing, keep grinding. Like I said, uh, me, and, me, and, me and B going to be still talking every every Friday or, you know, all the time. So I'll be seeing him, you know, all the time anyway. But if you guys are looking for it, like I said, his journey is something special. And like I said, it should be coming out in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you later. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.